You're listening to Get Informed America, the only true unfiltered show that's fighting fake news and finding common ground. Now, here's your hosts, Dave Oakenquist and Rodney Johnson. Hello and welcome to Get Informed America, the show that breaks through the mainstream media box to bring you real smart news. Hi, I'm Dave Oakenquist, and joining me is the smartest man I know and also a man with great fashion sense as he has copied my shirt. He's wearing the exact same one, <laughs> but maybe you're wearing it just a little bit better. I think yours is ironed a little better, Rodney. It is ironed. <laughs> How, 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 how has the week treated you, Rodney, uh, with all this craziness going on in the world? It's been good. It's been busy. A lot of research to do, a lot of, a lot of facts, and a lot of things going on. It seems slow because so much is about coronavirus, but there are other things going on in the world. Yeah, there are. Uh, and as, as you and I mentioned, as we, we talk uh, every Thursday afternoon to kind of prepare for this show, I think we both hit on the same word, which is tired and not, not, not ourselves, but mentally tired of everything that's been going on. It does feel like we've hit a stasis period over the last couple of weeks, doesn't it? With, with how, with, with the, uh, although states are beginning to reopen and, and things look like it might be turning, we're still kind of in that, in that period there where nothing is quite happening uh, to, where it, to where we feel like things are moving forward. Would you agree with that? Yeah, it, it's more that, you know, we're tired of it. Yeah. Uh, and, and so you look around and you see people you know, social distancing and kind of doing their thing. Yeah. Um, I'm in Texas. Businesses have been reopened for a week, but they're not back to normal because many people are choosing to stay home, of course, which is, you know, they're not just their right, right? It's, it's their responsibility to think, hey, I might be more susceptible or I'm just not comfortable. And so people are just kind of, you know, they're being dragged down by this. And, you know, then we see the jobless claims yesterday up another 3 million plus and over 33 million since this started. And it's wearing on people. No question. Yeah. I want to tell a, a little story. Cinco de Mayo was, of course, this week on, on the 5th of May. <laughs> and, we, and I want to frame this in terms of what's been going on with small businesses versus large businesses. Because as, as, you, as you know, Rodney, and, and I think it's sort of the similar situation where you are to me, which is that most every small business essentially shut down. Um, but all the big box chains, you know, with the exception of electronics, you, know, you, you can go to your Lowe's, you can go to Home Depot, you can go to, you can yeah. go to Target, you can go to Walmart. But, you know, the, the store that sells a similar thing, like maybe an Ace Hardware or something might be closed, just giving that example. Here's I want to talk about restaurants because just like you, we began reopening at this 25% capacity, which we just kind of laughed at. Um, and there's, there was a favorite little spot of ours that we used to go and they did, uh, they did pick up to go to go drinks so we were going for Cinco de Mayo pick a couple up run home we show up the the order's not there you can't get we're on hold three times then then they're like it'll be 15 minutes and I'm like <laughs> no <laughs> so we're leaving right and what do we do we drove to Chili's a national chain and they had our they had our order within a half hour from from ordering it no problem and really what I want to ask here is it seems like this place, since they shut down, they didn't know they're like hair on fire trying to get back even at 25 capacity to run. And I, do you think we might see that going on in business where consumers might try to go back to some of these little places and find, look, the experience is just better at, the, at Walmart? Oh, by far. And, and, and for the reasons you cite, right? If I have a, a technology team and I've got a customer experience team and I have you know, gobs of cash to throw at something, yeah. I'm going to make it better than the local guy who's kind of doing it all himself and working on a Vonage phone. 
And so right. it stands to reason that's going to happen. I, where we are here south of Houston, I was watching the news this morning. They expect more than 2,000 restaurants to just simply go out of business. Mm -hmm. and, and that's what we, you and I, have been talking about for some time here is a lot of it's just not coming back. And uh, it's just it's going to be too much for them to manage, um, not because they're shut down, but because the reopening won't work for them. 25% is not enough foot traffic for a restaurant to survive. Yeah. Uh, even with some takeout. And um, if you look past that, uh, a lot of their clients are going to self-select and say, you know what? I'm just not feeling like being two feet from my neighbor in that little spot anymore. So it, it's going to be difficult. Uh, certainly. So today we are going to talk about the continuing impact of the coronavirus just as we started here. We got some news this morning. We're also going to talk about what the heck is going on with New York. <laughs> and uh, that, that one go a lot of different ways as uh, if any of you on our, who follow us on our Facebook page saw um, my video Thursday afternoon, would, <laughs> can attest to. We also found the hypocrite of the week. Rodney, can't wait to get to that. But before we do, I want to talk about news that dropped yesterday afternoon. The, the Department of Justice dropped its case against Michael Flynn. Uh, this referring to go all the way back to the early days of the Trump administration where the FBI interviewed him about contacts with the Russian ambassador. And this thing has been going on for a long time. And the statement here was that this, this interview conducted by the FBI was without any legitimate in investigative basis and found no other basis to predicate further investigative efforts into whether Mr. Flynn was being directed and controlled by a foreign power, referring to Russia, in a manner that threatened national security or violated the Foreign Registrations Act. Now, this is a, a big turn of events, Rodney. And one, now it, is, it is a little bit backward looking, but I think really important to when we're putting maybe the Trump administration into context and, and all, the, all the stuff that's been going on around there. And this really kind of led us, I mean, this started us down the road to impeachment, Rodney. Well, it, it did. I mean, there's no question. This was a, a big piece of kind of starting the, you know, the Mueller investigation and what Comey was doing. And so to look back and say that they've, you know, essentially punted it. Well, now it's, of course, the DOJ that's run by Barr, that's pointed by Trump, blah, blah, blah. It's kind of, you know, it, it gets it gets a bit tangled. Um, but the bigger thing here in my world is to look at it and say, what in the world is the FBI doing? But I don't I don't get why they were, were going down that road. And we have not solved that. Uh, we're, we're looking at Michael Flynn and looking at kind of what happened to him. Um, but I think we should be looking at the FBI and asking, are they working on our behalf? It seems like they're kind of working against us. And I don't mean against Trump. I mean, clearly, that's part of this. I mean, not working on behalf of the American public here right. to do a good heads up investigation, which I understand from this one, it was actually at the point of closing down because there wasn't anything. And then it kind of ginned back up and all hinged on this steel dossier. And so it just, it tells me that there are not enough controls in the system to say, Hey, are we doing nonpartisan straightforward work on behalf of the American public? And it's just not there. Right. And then this is where, I mean, this is really the, the crux of the issue that led to James Comey being fired, the former FBI director, which just everything absolutely blew up. Now, it turns out, I don't know, maybe Trump was right to fire him. If this is the stuff that was going on and all this stuff, this was like the almost the fruit of the poisonous tree in a sense. Now, not only was this man 
that, well, as we're just going to we'll say, I'll, just, I'll say he was screwed over by the government, but there's something else interesting here. He may have been screwed over by his own legal counsel, Rodney. There's uh, basically what happened here over the last week or two was that we started seeing documents handed over, some of them retained by his own, his, his old, his former counsel who was not being forthcoming with documents. And then I think as you saw, you know, what was the FBI doing? We saw some, some handwritten notes got released, Rodney, that essentially they were saying, what's, what's our purpose here? Are we trying to get him in jail or try to get him fired? Which right. seems like a strange question to ask of a, of a high level, a high level official. I mean, he was the, he was the national security advisor and a man, by the way, who served as the, the, the defense intelligence agency uh, director under, under President Obama, which is essentially the highest military intelligence level in the country. So this wasn't just some random guy here. It's very, uh, the way that, that they went after him and it would appears that his own legal counsel just wanted him to take that deal. And, and uh, I don't know, it's a, it's a really crazy situation. Do you think, and you say, what's been going on at the FBI? Ronnie, ask for you. Will we see heads roll in a sense? Will we see some of these former, former officials possibly get, get charged with, uh, with something for, for this mis- misconduct? Uh, judging by history, no. <laughs> they, don't, okay. they don't get charged with anything. They get book deals. Uh, so I don't, I don't think that that's coming. But I think what we've done is erode some trust, right? Yeah. And I don't, I don't say that from one side of the aisle or the other. I say it, you know, as an American citizen who's paying taxes and paying these people's salaries and saying, hey, you're supposed to be the Bureau of Investigation, not the Bureau of Persecution. Uh, and when that question was asked, which is what kind of caught my attention of, um, are we out to, you know, see if this guy is telling the truth? Is that what we're after? Or are we trying to corner him into doing something to get him fired? The question was posed. The answer wasn't on that piece of paper. <laughs> and it's like, hey, wait a second. Yeah. If you're asking the question, I want to know what answer you came to because the facts of what happened afterwards or the events, they sure make it look like the framing was going on. And that's where, you know, I don't care who's in power. I care that this is happening in what is the highest, you know, law enforcement agency within the United States. Yeah. And, and as you say, that erosion of public trust really is the, the crux of the issue. All right. Well, let's, we'll see what happens there. We'll keep you all updated. Although this has been almost four years now. So it's a yeah. long, this wheel turns very slowly, Rodney. But anyway, let's move on to news from this morning, uh, mm-hmm. which is the jobs report from last month. 22 million people unemployed off the payrolls. Uh, f- now, the unemployment rate now is 14.7%, which is the highest on record, which goes back to 1948. Uh, and then this buttress this with the 33 million uh, uh, jobless claims of more something more recent, because of course, we're looking at, you know, last month here, so we're even a little behind. Um, just, Rodney, I'm going to run through some of the, the casualties here and then to get your take. Leisure and hospitality down uh, 7.6 million. Retail trade, 2.1 million. Professional and business services, same 2.1. Healthcare, 2 million. Manufacturing, 1.3 million. And then down, down, down the line, Rodney, an absolute disaster. Yeah, here, here's my trouble with this. Um, we added 20.4 million to the roles of the unemployed, I believe, to get to your 22 and a half. Um, we're kind of shell-shocked. It's weird because I, I, I look at a lot of things, uh, including uh, the equity markets and financials and things. And so we're not recognizing this yet as what I think it is, which is a huge shift in, in the economy of the United States of America. I, I can only believe that people are thinking we're going to just come right back. Yeah. And, and it's not the other things we're talking about don't point to that sort of recovery in that time frame. And so this is a massive issue. 
that I think will dawn on kind of the everyday person over the course of the next couple of months when we see travel not come back, when we see cities and states slashing employment and firing people because they don't have money, when we see taxes go higher, uh, when we see the closure signs, it's going to be about commercial real estate, strip malls and office buildings. And that doesn't even go into the change in how people work. We're not even on that topic. And so I think, I think this is such a big change that we've yet to internalize it and recognize this for what it is. Now, as we have states continuing to, to maintain their lockdown orders, there's this one, the one that got a lot of people mad was the governor of Wisconsin extending the extension to July 4th. And you have this, you, you know, uh, Rodney, to your point, it's, it might take a long time to get back, but the slower you, the slower you go to get back is the longer it's going to take, right? So, I mean, we have this thing where, you know, we don't, it's again, this, this balance between public health and the economy, but goodness, what, what do you do? There is no, as you said, just, it's not the light switch is something we talked about a couple of weeks ago. And even just, you know, my, my little example off the top about a, a small independent restaurant that's having a hard time just getting its groove back. And there's no, there's no slack for stuff like that. I mean, people, so what are we going to do, Ronnie? 10% for, for two years, 10, five years? What, where, is it, is this just a brand new ball game go, that, that, that we're going to see? I think we're over 10% for a couple of years uh, wow. because it was 147 this morning. And as you said a minute ago, we'll kind of pass back quickly. This is not the top. This was, this was the middle of April when the Bureau of Labor Statistics does a survey of companies with a thousand or more employees and then estimates what's going on in small businesses. Yeah. And so this was before the next 10 million plus were added to the initial jobless claim rolls. And so we're going to see unemployment go higher in the month of May, which will be reported the first week in June. And so I, I don't see how we come back below, by any meaningful number, 10% over the next 16, 18 months. I just don't see it. Uh, and so, yeah, this is, this is a game changer. And you're at question of, well, you know, how do we do it? And the answer is methodically, right? The very first thing you do is put up as, as high of a ring fence as you can around those who are at risk. And then you start bringing back the people you think are least at risk. And so it's a modified version of what Sweden has done, I think would be the best idea. And we're just not there. We're trying to open all businesses, right, in a, in a small sense. And it kind of, I don't, we're, we're allowing a number of people to go at a small rate instead of allowing certain people to go at a higher rate, which I think would be a better idea given what we know about the disease. Certainly. Uh, one quick thing before we move on uh, to another topic, Rodney, the, something that caught my eye this morning was uh, the auto industry and specifically auto rental car companies who normally buy in bulk from, from the automakers. No one's renting cars anymore, so they're not buying from the automakers. And you know, should they make a, bu a bulk up, make up a bulk of their purchases? Yeah. Nobody wants to buy a car. No one's driving. Are we going to see something like a cash for clunkers 2.0 coming up Absolutely. here? Absolutely. Absolutely. The, the Europeans are already talking about it. We're going to do it here. The car companies, we bail them out because they control votes. This isn't magic. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, they're going to go back to the government like they did in 09 and say, hey, you know, here we are and we owe a bunch of money we can't pay. And by the way, we need clients. And so we need you to kick in. And by the what they're going to do, of course, is say, hey, let's add this to the whole thing for renewable energy, blah, blah, blah. And let's make it a green thing. And so let's push electric vehicles. The, I don't think we're seeing it just yet, 
because Ford and General Motors don't have them. And so <laughs> if they had the product to offer, they would be banging on Congress's door today. If I, if I had to guess at what's going on in the boardroom at GM and Ford, they are strategizing for how to ask for cash for clunkers with a push toward electric vehicles in late 2021. They want to make sure they've got the product to offer to be at the front because the last thing they want to do is hand all the business to Tesla. Absolutely. And so this is, I think this is coming. Uh, it's just sooner than they want and they're very frustrated because they don't have the products to offer. Green, green doesn't mean anything with the environment around it. Green just means government money. That's what that's what. That's well. all about. <laughs> uh, and by the way, I might have a, my truck, I believe, would qualify as a clunker, although I, I love it and it runs great. So I, I don't know, it might be a little tempting to me depending on how much they sweeten the pot for me. So Well, uh, their GM is coming out with an electric version of the Hummer. And so you too can have an electric vehicle that is just massive and drives around. So oh, all the excesses of the mid two thousands, but now green. That's right. <laughs> you can you can virtue signal with a really big car. That actually does sound kind of fun. All right, Roddy, let's uh, let's move on to what in the world is going on with New York, referring to both the state and the city. Roddy, I'm going to run down five problems I, that I talk, that I shared with our Facebook group uh, yesterday, and I'll let you just go ahead and riff. Number one, nursing homes. When the when Governor Cuomo mandated that nursing homes must take in COVID-19 patients after hospitalization, leading to 5,000 deaths in nursing homes. Number two, subways running nonstop, packed like sardines, and just a great place to spread the disease if that's what you're looking to do. Finally, just a couple of days ago, closed, closed down uh, uh, overnight service to clean the subways. What took you so long? Uh, number three, uh, got the, the states fighting anyone who, who, uh, who tried to quarantine or try to restrict travel out of New York and New York City, saying this is no big deal. Of course, I, I'm sure you saw this yesterday, the huge New York Times story of how New York is essentially the super spreader place uh, yeah. for the rest of the country. Almost all infections have come from out of New York City. And you remember this story with Rhode Island? You wrote about that on, on informedamerican.com about uh, Rhode Island police going around checking neighborhoods, which was kind of a silly story. But, uh, you know, Cuomo was threatening to sue every state that was doing this. All right, number four, failure of leadership to advise the public against the danger. You've got statements from city officials saying, go out, have a good time. Even Mayor de Blasio saying, you know, even while we have COVID uh, coronavirus going around, I'll, you know, go out on the town and check out. I got two movie recommendations for you to, to, to while you're out, which is just hilarious. I think one of them was Traitor, which sounds really bad. But yeah, anyway. the Traitor and uh, <laughs> perfect, very apropos there. And number five, Rodney, and I know this one really sticks in your crawl, a lack of gratitude as New York was struggling, its health system overwhelmed, the call went out for first responders and healthcare workers they answered that call. They came in. They did the work, and a, and a parting gift and a thank you for that work was a, a tax bill. So. <laughs> it's not just a tax bill. That's so. This has gone on with athletes and entertainers and all sorts of people. When you're a professional athlete, when you play in the state of New York, you are required to file taxes in the state of New York, and all yeah. jurisdictions do it because they want their money. I get it. The problem is, it's not a unified form. You have to fill out their income tax form, which is not a small thing. And so here you are, a nurse, you are, you know, an ambulance driver. Lots of different people answered that plea by Governor Cuomo back in March to come help. And they got paid, of course. And so they go up, do yeoman's work. And then when they leave, 
yeah, they got some money they got paid, but they were working and they're told, yeah. oh, by the way, you have to fill out this onerous form to pay us X percent of your income. It's like, <laughs> and, and, and Cuomo's response was, well, we can't afford any subsidies. It's like, what subsidy were you giving these people who showed up and did work for you upon you asking, had yeah. to live somewhere that, you know, they weren't normally living and other things. It's not like they were enjoying a particular benefit. They were trying to help. So him qualifying this or categorizing this as a subsidy was offensive uh, beyond just the idiocy of, of what he did. And so it, it's very unfortunate. It certainly leaves a bad taste in the mouth. Uh, certainly. And you know, um, something about this uh, or about what's been going on with Cuomo, because you and I have had a conversation of, is he maybe the Democrats plan B to sneak mm -hmm. in there and, and get rid of brain dead Biden? And you said this guy hasn't been vetted and we're seeing this vetting in real time. And I think if there was an honest assessment of, of Governor Cuomo, when you start, I mean, I think the, the media so far has been giving him a pass. You know, you yell at the Florida governor for letting Jacksonville Beach open. Meanwhile, <laughs> Cuomo's doing all this stuff. And uh, I think real scrutiny around the country or uh, he would face some real scrutiny. And I, I don't think that would work. So I think you were, your point was very well taken uh, that you made a couple of weeks ago about, about him potentially being the presidential nominee. Right, it's really hard. Um, and, and now we're just talking about decisions he's made that are in the press that everybody can look at and, and talk about. Yeah. about his personal life, right? Uh, because that's where you get vetted. Right? We all know it. That's why people don't want to run for these offices because, my goodness, they're going to look at everything you've done. And we all look at our history and say, no, thank you. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, so we haven't even begun to scratch that surface. Yes, he was elected governor of New York. So, yes, there was, you know, the betting that goes on with being a, you know, gubernatorial candidate in New York. But it's not the same as running for president. And so that, that's a high hurdle. Uh, it brings up the question of um, the theoretical question of what would happen if it's not Biden. I still think it is uh, because we're awfully late in the process for it to be anything. But the Tara Reid, I mean, she has contemporaneous filings in California for sexual harassment. And that, I just read that this morning, I believe, in the New York Times. Yeah. And so that's a, that's a big thing. I mean, I, I, am, I am not one for judging people on things they did 20 years ago. I think this is fraught with danger looking backward like that. Yeah. Uh, certainly, you know, somebody does something, they need to be held accountable. Uh, but we're talking about accountable in the court of public opinion because, of course, there's no legal statute that goes back that far. Um, but this is the this is the situation that we as a society have created. And uh, yeah, that one's that one's going to have to play out. So I don't know. Does he not get the nomination? Do they reach for a different candidate who was also running? That that opens up a big can of worms. Yeah, it certainly does. So it's interesting. Yeah, this Tara Reid thing seems to be growing, not not fading. That's, yeah, that's right. my point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ronnie, let's move on here. We've got to our hypocrite of the week. This one is just glorious. Neil Ferguson, the scientist whose advice prompted Boris Johnson to lock down Britain. And really, I think his advice kind of gave every other country cover to do the same thing and, and to enact these same policies. And, and as Britain is locked down based on the advice of this man, he... This hypocrite is the hypocrisy here. He sneaks out of his house under lockdown to go have an affair with a married woman. How about this, Rodney? Well, actually, so um, his his work at the Imperial College London uh, showed that there would be five hundred thousand deaths in in uh, England, not Britain, but in England, if they didn't do this dramatic lockdown. And so, yeah. of course, they did. And now the estimate has rolled down dramatically to 200,000 and now dramatically more, certainly much less than that is the estimate. 
Um, so I will point out that uh, Ferguson, and I don't know if he's a doctor or what he is, um, but epidemiologist. Ferguson, yeah, I think he is. Uh, but anyway, he did not sneak out of his house to have an affair. He instead allowed his mistress, his married mistress, to sneak out of her house to come to him. Okay, so, <laughs> reverse. Just so we have the the the, the facts okay. right, but. Um, I, you know what? Do what you want. I kind of get it, uh, you know, in terms of everybody has their own thing going on. Uh, but it really was um, interesting to see him do that. And I, I assume if you asked the man, you know, while having a pint of beer at the local pub, what were you thinking? It would be, well, I'm locked down in my house. She's locked down in her house. We had an ongoing relationship. So it's not like there was anything new there. We weren't seeing new people, that sort of thing. But it sure falls flat when you uh, see somebody who is telling us we have to adhere, who then doesn't do it himself. It, it qualifies for your category of hypocrite of the week. Certainly. And Ronnie, it's funny because uh, the, the story out of the Daily Mail, of course, is a little more tabloid written. And it uh, says... Imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> she, says, uh, she says that uh, that the lockdown strained her open relationship to her lookalike husband, uh, which is funny because if you, there's a picture that they really do look alike. So she was just really trying to get the same, just a different version of the cookie, I guess, <laughs> with, with a slightly different hair part or something. Now, Ronnie, a funny quote from Elon Musk. Wait a second. This, Don't go past that. Okay, you what? missed it. It strained her open relationship, which implies the woman might have had other relationships, which kind of throws my theory out the window. Yeah. She could have been having all sorts of liaisons during this lockdown, which puts uh, Neil Ferguson more at risk. So, yeah, Absolutely. he just makes him an idiot for doing it. Let me just move on. Yeah, well, maybe she's like a super spreader, right? Cause I, I have no idea. No, well, no idea. Well, actually, not a thing. I think Ferguson actually himself tested positive for COVID. Maybe we, do, we, we can do some contact tracing back to the lover uh, and see where, see where this thing goes. And it's going to be all people who look like Neil Ferguson. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the glasses and short hair. <laughs> Oh, that's brilliant. Uh, I just want to just real quick, this Musk, Elon Musk quote. I know you love Elon Musk. He says, this guy has caused massive strike in the world with, with, with his absurdly fake science. That's something we're hitting on telling. Basically, you know, this is the, his advice is the one that got all scared at like the whole world, essentially, right? With this report with about the 500 Britons dying. Interesting there. Uh, Rodney, uh, what else do you have? Uh, th that basically does it for us this week. Uh, I want to know, let everybody know what they might have uh, to, coming down the pipe for uninformedamerican.com after watching today and over the weekend. Well, I mean, clearly we're watching the reopening of the country. And so the question is going to be um, a, a rise in COVID-19 cases. Uh, everybody expects it because by definition, people are going out who weren't out before. And so the, the, the question on the table is how many more we get and does it look like it's a resurgence? Uh, and then does it lead to another lockdown of sorts? I, th I think what we're going to see is that we will get more cases and it leads to voluntary um, quarantine, self-quarantine, whatever, where people look at it and say, you know what? I know the stores are open. I'm just not going. Yeah. And as a um, just an anecdotal piece, I drove by Cracker Barrel the other night, which is, you know, a magnet for people over 65. And it, it's open in my area here. It's not my neighborhood, but it's open. They got the dumplings. Uh, there, were, there were maybe 15, 20 cars out front. And um, I, that tells you that, yeah, there is certainly a strata of, of Americans who are saying no thanks, which, of course, is smart, right? That's a smart thing to do. If you feel that you're at risk, don't do it.
Yeah, absolutely. Well, I hope you all enjoyed the show. I'd appreciate it if you hit the like button and you can become an informed American by subscribing to this channel. And of course, uh, always going to informedamerican.com where you can get real smart news. For Rodney Johnson, I'm Dave Oakenquist telling you to get informed, America. You've been listening to Get Informed, America, brought to you by the Informed American Radio Network. Please like and subscribe today in order to get new exclusive weekly episodes. Any questions, thoughts, or comments can be sent directly to info at informedamerican.com. And don't forget to visit informedamerican.com to keep up with real, smart news. Until next time, fight fake news and find common ground.